Welcome to this episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from OwnerRes, providing a powerful and flexible system for managing vacation rental properties. OwnerRes provides booking and maintenance management, payment scheduling and collection, as well as insightful reporting. OwnerRes will provide you with a long-term booking foundation that is scalable for your vacation rental business while fully managing your channel listings, but still focusing on your brand, your website, and your way of doing things. Listen in to the mid-episode break where you will hear more about this internationally recognized leader in vacation rental software. For more information about OwnerRes, click the link in the description of this episode on your smart device. Let's get started. Here is your host, Heather Bayer. Today, I am talking to the one and only Tyann Marsink. She is the queen of guest experience for Touchstay, the co-host of the GuestCast podcast. She's an industry leader and consultant. She's an author, a speaker, and also the owner and manager of two vacation rental brands, Branson Family Retreats and Missouri House. We've got a lot to talk about. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and this is another episode coming to you from the sunny shores of the Gulf Coast in Alabama. Hard to believe we've actually been down here for three and a half months now, and I don't know where the time has gone. Only six weeks or so before we start heading home to Ontario and we will leave here with a heavy heart, but I will enjoy actually getting back to my audio studio and not having to haul everything out and set it up on the dining table every time I want to do a recording. It really has worked well, but I think I'm going to quite enjoy being back in more of a permanent location for the summer. So we've just been following the weather at home, which has been pretty ghastly, very, very cold, very snowy, and just watched the news where it was showing people enjoying Winterlude, which is the winter festival that takes place in Ottawa in the first couple of weeks of February. And everybody's out there all bundled up, looking at ice carvings and going skating and enjoying the winter, which, you know, if you have to be there, then you have to get out and enjoy it. And then I just looked out at my window at the blue water behind me, thinking of the two hours I spent playing pickleball this morning and the hour I'm going to spend on the beach this afternoon. And I thought there is no contest, no contest. Anyway, enough of that. Today, I'm so happy to have with me, once again, my good friend, Tyann Marsink. Tyann's been on the show numerous times in the past, and we've talked about all sorts of different things because Tyann is a master of many things. She's a builder. She builds houses or she project manages houses that she builds in Branson, Missouri. She's done renovations and she is very, very active in the community. And also, I'm not going to go on any more about 
what she's done because we're going to talk about this. But mainly today, we're going to be talking about her start really in the property management world because beforehand, Tyann's been managing all her own properties. And then, of course, as it happened to her, what happens to many people that somebody will come along and say, I see how well you're managing this property of your own. Can you manage mine as well? So her property management company is now growing. And I want to discover, you know, how different that is for her, managing other people's properties alongside her own and get from her some of the things that are contributing to her success along the way. And I know we'll be talking a lot about guest experience and how she creates this wonderful end-to-end experience for everybody who comes to stay at her properties. So let's move on over now to my interview with Tyann Marsink. So I am delighted to have with me today the one and only Tyann Marsink, the Queen of Guest Experience from Touchstay, photographer, website builder, house owner, property manager, absolutely everything er. <laughs> The queen of absolutely everything. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for joining me, Tyanne. It's always lovely to speak with you. Thank you, Heather. I love coming on and chatting with you. <laughs> well, I've, I've always said that uh, the, the, there's a few people in this world that have more than 24 hours in their day, and you are definitely one of them. I don't know how you keep track of all the things that do and still keep that wonderful smile on your face because I've never seen you without it. And, I, and I'm sure Nat might say that there are occasions when the smile disappears, but uh, it's, it's, I've never seen that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I try not to let it disappear, but you know, we're all human and it happens. <laughs> well, we first met, for those who don't know you and don't know our history, we first met, I think it was oh, 2012. 2013, 2013 10 year 10, is coming up. 10 years yep. ago. And it was a home away, what did they call it at the time? Was it Home Away Summit, they called it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I've got the the book, the Oh, you the still program. got that. <laughs> I still have the program, yeah. Well, that's where that's where we first met. And that's where, we, of course, we both met Matt Landau as well. Yep. And we were all there, I think, just about for our for the three of us, our first time you know, really getting out there, getting on stage and and sharing what we knew with an audience. And I and I know for me it was hugely daunting. I sometimes tease Matt about his presentation. <laughs> but you you just came across so polished. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was in yours. I got to go to your uh, presentation about, you know, the moments of wow. And I still remember that. <laughs> and, and you talked about the gal in Costa Rica. And um, yeah, it was it was a very impactful presentation. You did very well. Well, it's 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 been a, there's a lot gone on in the 10 years since since we first met. So I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you to give us the potted history of the last 10 years of the Queen of Guest Experience. Oh, gosh, goodness. Okay, so in the last 10 years, um, so up to 2013, I only had uh, two properties, and it was the side business. It was a hobby. And I was raising three kids, and I was a stay-at-home mom. And I also had a line of children's room decor that I handmade and shipped out all over the world and had started, and I did craft shows, and I had a line of sports fan artwork and all of that. Well, um, 
2013 and then life changes. Um, I go through a fire and in the divorce, I received um, two properties that I did not want. And also my vacation rentals. I was adamant. This is, this is my part. And I did not want to let that go. So um, the two properties that I got that were long-term rentals, I found out one had a drug dealer in it. So I had to move the drug dealer on to another place, turn that into the town's first short-term rental. Then I realized I had equity burning a hole in my pocket. So then I bought a bank and this bank (laughs) I rehabbed into. I love the one and only place. (laughs) I've heard this. I've heard this story and I love it when you say I bought a bank. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Pause for effect. Um, But I bought a bank where you can legally launder in the Ozarks. So the Ozarks show came out afterwards and it just, I mean, like, oh, the dad joke just fell into place. It's like, (laughs) this is perfect. So I did that. And that um, essentially, because of my realtor, she started bringing me folks for that brand of properties. And um, I started a small property management company called Missouri House, H-A-U-S, the German spelling. So based off my German heritage. And then I decided to start um, what we call trading new in our family. So we would sell our older vacation rentals and build newer ones. Um, And so my mom's done this. My brother's done this. You know, long story short, if you guys look back at my history, you know, I'm in direct competition with my family. It's so much fun. It makes for great holiday dinners. And we've all got our own support group, you know, in this little bubble. So it's really awesome. So we started trading new. And at that point, I realized the money wasn't working that well for me, obviously, in the long term rentals and the small short term rental I had. So and then all my other properties. So I started selling them to build new. And when I sold one of my first ones to someone who wanted me to continue managing for them, that started my property management company in Branson. And then so I started then um, growing that property management company also. So now I have two brands of vacation rentals in both of them, Missouri, hired our son-in-law. Um, well, I guess in the meantime, I also got remarried. Uh, and then, <laughs> in Scotland. And then Matt, yes. in Scotland, eloped picture was in Condé Nast Traveler. It was amazing. Um, and then I asked Nat to quit his job of 25 years in the IT corporate world. And he then started to work for me. And I say with me, he um, was helping me with that. This past summer, we hired our son-in-law uh, to be general manager of one of the brands so we could focus on Branson. And then I've hired um, Nat's daughter, I call my bonus daughter, as a personal assistant um, just a month or two ago to help me with that. And yeah, whew, it's it's a lot. I love the fact that, you know, it's the, the family aspect to all this. You know, and I, I see your pictures that you post on Facebook at festive times and your family just is massive and everybody gets together. But of course, you've got these massive properties with 14, 15 bedrooms where you can all get together and have this great family time. But I love the fact that, you know, you're hiring within the family and keeping it keeping it all at home. It's lovely. Yeah, it's a family business. It's It's a local business. It's, you know, limited edition as Matt, you know, taught, started teaching years ago. Um, And, you know, what we do is we call ourselves boutique and we curate our properties. And I think that's what you want to talk about also is, 
curating yeah. those properties. Well, this is it. There's so much we, we could talk about. And in this episode, and in fact, I will put on the show notes, I will put links to the other episodes we've done. We did one about building houses and mm-hmm. that was that was a lot of fun. And I think way back we, we did one on photography and that's still as relevant today as it was as it was then. But today we're talking about the property management side of it because... To a degree, you're a little, you're, you know, you're later coming into the property management world, having spent all the time on your own properties, the building, the renovations. Um, so I want to hear, you know, how, I mean, you've, you've mentioned how you got started with selling a property to somebody who wanted you to continue to manage it for them, which is fantastic. <laughs> but how do you go about now finding new owners? How do you look for the best Yeah. So one different thing we do is we don't go looking for new owners. We decided very immediately in the very early on that we wanted to be referral based versus going out and trying to get anybody and everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that thing is the fact that we are in the spot of our life where we don't have to have these new properties. We can walk away and we we say no actually a ton more than we say yes. If you just look at our property account, you, count, you know, it's like, oh, you don't have very many, but that's because we say no to so many people. And one thing we did was we decided there were non-negotiables that if we were going to take on a property, there were non-negotiables of what this property had to have or could not have and processes that had to be followed no matter what. And a homeowner, if they decided, you know what, we don't want to stay within that. It's like, that's cool. That's no Mm -hmm. problem. You know, we don't have to have this property on our program. And what we found is that by narrowing down who we want and how we want to work and, you know, having that decade of knowing what processes do work and where our niche is and who our target guest is has really, really helped us figure that out. And that way we know we can drive for the revenue for both us and our homeowner clients. So when someone comes and calls us up, says, hey, so-and-so referred us, you know, we're looking at your property management. Can you tell us more about it? And then we start going through the non-negotiables and we tell them, you know, after they get past that, we say, if you're going to call us back, because we don't call you back, you know, it's there's next step is an interview and you're not just interviewing us. We're interviewing you because you, we are working as partners. We're serving you. We're also serving our guests. And if you and I don't have the same lineup of how this business is going to be run and how we're going to work together, we're both going to be miserable. And there's not enough hours in the day to have miserable clients, whether that's us or them. Yeah, it's interesting how you've entered this because you've you've skipped right over the step that most property managers go through, and I, and I I went through through it at the very outset, is to take on anything and everything because you want to grow your inventory, but you're coming at it with a very different approach, and it is it is very refreshing. Can you share with us some of these non negotiables? Yeah, absolutely. So we decided what our service area would be. Um, And if the property is outside that service area, then it's an immediate no. And the reason we decided on a very specific service area and miles out is because we do have a very small team. And if our team cannot handle outside that service area, the drive time especially, then 
it's going to put stress on the entire operations. Mm-hmm. We contract out our cleaning, um, our maintenance. We do have boots on the ground, but we want to be able to have enough time to take care of all the properties. Because I tell the homeowner clients that I am taking on your property and I will treat it as my own property. Obviously, you know, only the homeowner will have the most love for that property, period. But I want to be second to that and treat it just as if I own it as well. Um, so that's that's the first non-negotiable. It has to be within our service area. Two, it it has to be dog friendly. Now we have made one single exception, and that is a property we're onboarding um, in this next month. Everything else they fit, they were fine with. And the reason for the not being able to have dogs is because their son is highly highly allergic. Mm-hmm. And we felt, you know, okay, we're big enough. We have enough properties now that I'm okay with having one property that is absolutely zero pets, zero dogs to save it for those families who need that type of property. Um, Because our mission is to serve families, no matter how your family is made up and how it's, you know, and serve all the different things like your wheelchair accessible. Yes. Let's make sure you can enter the property. Um, You have dogs in your family. Let's do the dogs. But we were totally, you know, missing being able to serve those families that could not have pets anywhere near Mm -hmm. the house. So it's like, okay, this, this house is for that. So that was non-negotiable. Number two, third one is absolutely zero bunk beds. (laughs) We will not do bunk beds. And, and people, they're like, what, don't you want heads and beds? And, and don't all the little kids want to do bunk beds? And isn't that the, the whole dream of having a big family vacation is this room full of cousins of bunk beds. It's like, okay, Yes, but no. So one, I don't want to be tied to the family memory of somebody, so-and-so cousin George fell out of the bunk bed and had to go to the emergency room because he's got a broken arm. That is not the type of family memories we want our families to make. Also, our cleaners, Mm -hmm. I want to keep them happy. And cleaners hate making bunk beds. So if I can take that one stress away and then they're happier working with us, I am totally all for that. The other thing with bunk beds, when you look at them and, you know, Justin Ford, Mr. Safety will tell you this, you have to be pay attention to weight limits of the bunk beds. So your average bunk bed generally is a twin size bed and can only handle what, 125 pounds or so. So you have now just narrowed your bunk room to kids between the ages of what, six years and 10 years old. Because some kids, once they get past 10, like my sons, they can't fit in a twin bed. They're too tall for that. They need a bigger bed. So if you're going to have a house that sleeps 30 and 12 of them are in bunk beds, are you really going to have 12 (laughs) kids between the ages of six and 10 as part of that group? Probably not. So instead, um, we go for sofa sleepers or fold down futons as those extra bedding. Um, I know folks who do custom made bunk beds that do fit better weight limits made for adults. They're bigger beds, you know, lower on the top for the cleaners. So there are those outlying bunk beds that do work for situations, but your average bunk bed were no, absolutely not. We had a homeowner client this last summer really, really want us. And I said, well, you got to take out the bunk beds. So he had to completely redo two bedrooms and remove the bunk beds so that mm-hmm. we could, you know, take them on. Well, you know my story of bunk beds. I, I do. separated out the bunk beds <laughs> so that to, to please my cleaner, because she said, I can't do the bunk bed anymore. 
and separated them out and then failed to tell the guest who was coming with the kid who was desperate to stay in the top bunk. Never forgot yep. that one. So those don't seem so too, too onerous, those non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there any more that might weed out more people? We make them use our linens. Mm-hmm. So they have to do our linens. But no, I mean, they're not onerous at all. It's just the fact that people, these are the things a lot of people don't think about. And when they go and set up a vacation rental, they, they're trying to do what everybody else is doing. And they, they think, oh gosh, no dogs. They're going to tear up our place or, <laughs> oh, we need lots of beds we, for heads. So we're going to do bunk beds or, oh gosh, there's a really good deal on that lake property. Let's go snag it. Now we got to find a property manager and, oh, wait, they might not even service that area. Mm-hmm. So there's those different things. They're not onerous at all. It's just those are what we've decided. You have to get past these things first. And that has actually weeded out a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of folks, more than I, I thought would happen. But yeah. Well, it's, it's clearly working for you. But let's let's just talk about the relationships, because I know from, from my experience that we could have the most beautiful place that met all our criteria. But I mean, for me, if the relationship with the owner was off or it, it just, you know, you get that gut feeling and you think this isn't going to work. That was always our non-negotiable. It is a, a very even relationship as far as we were concerned. How do you feel about uh, the relationships you have with your owners? So our current homeowners are fabulous and so much so that we are doubling in size because they're all building a new property and <laughs> they're the ones who send us the most referrals as well. Mm-hmm. And it's what it like goes back to that interview as too. So when we do the interview, you know, Nat and I decided it has to be both of us interviewing the homeowner because if it's just one of us, you know, we might miss out on a red warning, warning flag, you know, like this would not be a good relationship with the homeowner. So we've decided, you know, both of us have to be on that interview. And if one of us has this gut feeling of, you know, this is not going to be good. You know, it's like, no, you know, here we're, we don't think we're a great fit, but here is five other numbers of local property managers. Why don't you go talk to them and see if, if they'd be a better fit for you? And uh, we have Apple, absolutely zero problems referring out to the folks um, because there's so many good property managers mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, it's to us, we're not really competing. It's like, okay, let's serve the industry. Let's serve the guests. Let's serve these investors and homeowners um, together in some way. And and honestly, on that point, especially since this is coming out next week, um, before Verma, a little plug for Verma, I am doing a panel on Verma. It's about um, retaining those homeowner relationships. And I'm moderating the panel. And the panelists I've chosen are two of my fellow property managers from Branson. So I'm so excited that you'll get, you know, everybody will get to see um, us three up there um, talking about that. Yeah. I I mean, owner retention to me was all the time I was in that business was probably, you know, the, the, the primary task was, you know, once you've, you've got that owner, you want to keep them and be, you know, you want to keep them happy. You want that happy, happy relationship. And, you know, I have to say over 20 years, we, we lost very, very few, less than a handful of owners that went because we fell out with them. I will never forget having to say goodbye to owners who were our top performing owners. 
Their property was the absolute way above the rest, but the relationship was not working. The relationship just didn't work. The actual time spent talking with those owners and actually steering them away from knocking on the door of their, of their home to check on their guests on a daily basis, you know, that was, that was taking up a lot of our time. So, you know, so sometimes these things happen and actually it didn't affect our bottom line really once they'd gone because others came along and, and the time that we'd spent on them was then freed up to nurture others. Taking this on to the next stage, I guess, you've taken on a new owner. What happens in your onboarding process? What do you what do you do to ensure that what you've started with at the interview stage carries on smoothly and everything falls into place? So we ask them a lot of questions, obviously, about the location of the property, the setup of the property. We'll do a walkthrough of a property as well, and then figure out ideas if things need to be changed. We're onboarding three properties over this next month, and these are all new clients as well, which is fabulous. And in Branson, the great thing is, is you're usually getting them at the build stage, So I've been working very closely with their interior designer to figure out, okay, what is it that's going into the house? What's the floor plans? How are you setting it up? And then we work with the homeowner to make sure we get a name that fits, that they like, and that we feel would do really, really well with marketing. And then we start writing things up. And I always try to get the property up on the listing sites and start taking bookings so that by the time it's 100% open, that we've already got bookings in place for them and it's starting to cash flow for them. It used to be easier when there was less competition to be able to do that. Um, but with the competition now, it's you know closer and closer to opening date before um, people put their money down, which totally get that, totally understandable. But we do a, like, a little pre-construction um, discount of 2% to try to bump those bookings in um, early. But yeah, so then once we know when we can get into the house, that's when the whole linens start. And as you know, Heather, the linens are a logistical (laughs) dream or nightmare, depending upon how organized you are. So we're, we've, you know, last weekend, Nat and I spent the time to make sure all the linens are ready to go and to be moved over to the house once we can get in. We tell our homeowners, we get the supply closet. You don't touch the supply closet. We will set up the supply closet. This is our domain. You must not touch it. And then we'll make sure all the um, linens get dispersed correctly. The closet set up the way that we need it for our team. And then I start pictures. Now we, we don't wait until everything's hundred percent good. We do progress pictures. So, you know, I, like I said, I want to get those bookings in place. So sometimes a room's not set up yet and we'll, I'll go ahead and do photos. Uh, so right now I've got a house, you see the outside, that's it. And it says coming soon, <laughs> you know, furniture moves in this Thursday And then I'll get some pictures and get them up there. And then just, you know, like, well, you know, if you go back and listen to the photography episode we did several years ago, I most likely told people, you know, the most important part of the camera is the 12 inches behind it. Mm -hmm. So I am fully there that if you have someone who knows how to use a camera and can take, they can take good photos with their phone. So get those progress photos before you get your professional photographer in there uh, for the final photos. And then just try not to get overwhelmed. 
you know, because <laughs> there's there's so much that goes on. I, th- I think we should. Uh, I think we should just let people know of the size of these properties in Branson. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the one we're setting up is five bedrooms. It's one of our smaller ones. And um, my goal is to have it done in three days. I know a lot of people say, oh my gosh, only three days. It's like, well, the organization and the teamwork is is what helps with this. Uh, our biggest one is 10 bedrooms and the smallest will go is four bedrooms. So that's another non-negotiable, Heather, mm-hmm. um, is we don't go any smaller than four bedrooms. The only reason I would take a smaller one is if it's a current client and it is in the same property development neighborhood as our others so that it could be an overflow of when somebody needs to add on house. That would be the only reason I'd take something smaller. Um, also, we do not do condos. That is a non-negotiable, no condos. So if somebody says, hey, you know, like for this current client we're setting up after this, the second one, he came to me, he said, I've got a five bedroom, my friend's got a five bedroom, and my parents have a, a three bedroom condo. Will you take us all on? I said, well, one, the conversations with you about your house, your friend, his house is a conversation with him and your parents. I am sorry, but we don't do that. Even though it's in the same community, it's a condo. However, you can call my sister. (laughs) And so I hand over my sister's phone number and, um, you know, now it's on her to, to land the client. Yeah. This, of course, is Branson that we're yes. talking about. You know, Branson is the the is, is a destination for for groups, and that's why there are so many large homes. I mean, we we've discussed this in a previous podcast, and I've actually been to Branson. I've seen these massive, massive homes that everybody and I. But it hasn't been. It's, it's been a few years now, but there was definitely a lot of building going on at that time, and I gather it's just still growing. It is. I want to say like. 200-ish homes being built in 2023 alone. It's an area that is, it was always a hidden gem. And my family always, we always said, you know, once the investors find it, it's going to explode. And during COVID, the investors found it. There's investor groups coming in, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, But it's also an area that does have some good regulations. So they had already put into place, you know, how things are zoned and what you need to do to, you know, get a permit and and things like that. And then the other reason we stay within these purpose-built neighborhoods is because these developers, they have gone into the county and the city and gotten all those permits in place. So they actually sell the homes as this is pre-permitted, this is ready, this is a vacation rental neighborhood, and then it's purpose-built for that, Mm -hmm. um, for being a nightly rental. Yeah, this is this is pretty unique, of course, you know, the same perhaps in Orlando, that there are communities that are sort of dedicated to vacation rentals, which does make it easier for somebody to come in and buy and then start renting out. But, um, let, you know, let's talk a little bit about Branson itself and and marketing. And you said the investors have found it. How do you work at getting your guests to find it? So one of the things I love about the Branson market is their chamber of commerce, their DMO is multi-million dollar budget to get the people to come to the area. And it's a multi-million dollar budget just for large groups as well. Mm -hmm. They go out and say, Hey, have your family reunion here. Hey, we have a state of the art little league baseball facility for tournaments come have your baseball tournaments here, come have your volleyball tournaments here. They're building a pickleball tournament (laughs) facility now, Heather. And, 
the, the town's literally built for our target guests, which I, I, I love it. And then they tell us, you know, when you're part of the DMO, the Chamber of Commerce, they tell you, okay, this is who we're targeting this year. Um, this is what we're doing. This is the number of folks coming in. And when you're able to align with your DMO, your Chamber of Commerce, it is incredible. Um, so then you also have your database of past guests and then the word of mouth referrals and they tell folks. And it's just one of those things that it just, it, you have a base and it keeps building and building and building and building. Um, the other thing I tell folks to look at is your state Chamber of Commerce DMO, um, your tourism marketing there. Look at what data your state is doing. Look at where your state is going to be advertising for folks to come into the state period. So there's all those different levels in the United States of um, tourism and marketing. And you can take a hold of that. And then you know uh, where you can then target your marketing too. So for instance, if I've, I felt like I wanted to target a specific area for Branson Family Retreats guests, for new guests, um, what I would look at for like Facebook advertising or Google per pay-per-click, not just my normal keywords, but I know after talking to the Chamber of Commerce in the state that we're targeting Dallas-Fort Worth folks in this next year. So it, if I wanted to add to the state and Branson's clout, then I would be target marketing them also to try to get to them to me specifically. Uh, so there's just different things you can do with the information that you can find out that's publicly available and just ask a few questions. Yeah, and I think it's it's important to point out, you know, when pe when anybody is out there looking at starting up a business like this, is to communicate with your tourism office or DMO or whatever you've got, because these people are in the business of bringing traffic into into that area. So use them, get yeah. involved. And I know that you're involved with your chamber of commerce, very involved with the community. So, and, and, and I know how important that is, that, that is to you. So just important to get out there and seek out the tourism authorities because you can all work for each other, right? Exactly. Yes. I mean, and that's what the tourism authorities are there for specifically is to promote the area and their members. So join the chamber DMO, give them your money, show up at the lunches and network and talk to people and stay top of mind of, you know, when someone says, oh yeah, we do want to go, you know, our, our chamber, they know we have the large houses and I'll get an email saying, hey, we've just told this person who called us that you might have what they need. Here's their phone number and here's their dates and here's their info. And then we give them a call because uh, people are calling the Chamber of Commerce, the DMOs. They're calling them specifically. They're not all out there looking at OTAs or doing mm -hmm. random Google searches. They're going directly to the DMOs, Chamber of Commerces, who are the authority on tourism in the area. Yeah, that that is great. Um, Tyann, you've you've got all these businesses. We haven't really touched on the operations of them. And you've mentioned, you know, you have your, your cleaning teams and your um, maintenance teams. You also talked about linens, but we haven't talked about how you deal with the linens. I have visions of Andy Medic when he was running Sea Change Vacation Rentals and showing his pictures of, of his laundry store <laughs> and at his van on a Saturday, which was absolutely packed with bags of linens. So I want to talk about that a little bit. You know, how do you manage all your businesses? What tools do you use? What, you know, what makes it all hang together for you? 
So we have um, a very, I would say a small tech stack compared to what can really do. And we try to keep things simple. The KISS method, keep it simple. Uh, stupid, silly, mm-hmm. Sarah, Sue, I don't know, whatever you want to say. Um, and look for best of class in, in things that are working. In operations, I generally have tried to hand that to Nat. That's his domain and part of it. Um, we found that working as a couple, if we each have our domain, then it works better for life and relationships as well. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got our property management s- software we use owner res. I started with them five years ago. So when I chose them, they, they fit all the criteria that I needed. I know in those five years, there's tons of PMSs that have come out since then, or the ones that were there, they've increased their features dramatically. So whenever someone asks me, what PMS do you use? You know, I tell them I love owner res and I absolutely adore them. But I also want to say, you know, look at what features you need to be the strongest and for your business, because we all run our businesses a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So you need to find a PMS that hits those strong features that you need that are most important to you. And then also make sure that your brain can understand how it all works, because if you can't understand how it works, you're going to be miserable. And then um, any features that aren't quite as important to you, you know, then if you pick a PMS that your unimportant features are their strengths, that's not a good fit either. So, you know, make your rows of features of this is what I really, really need the system to do. This is what, um, you know, it'd be great if it did. And this is, you know, I can live if they can't do these exactly. Mm -hmm. So for example, owner res at this moment, because I know they're working on it, verbo messaging is not within their inbox. You know, it's not a unified inbox truly, but they're working on that. Um, I think it's a Verbo issue, not an owner res issue, but I can look at that. That's not a big deal because they are very strong in the, the communications department and what I need for my owner reporting. So that's one of the reasons that I, I still stick with them. Um, my second piece of tech stack that I could just could not live without um, would be the Touch Day digital guidebooks. And, you know, I am a consultant. I do work for them also. But as a property manager, I would still choose them. And they are a core piece of my whole entire communication flow. And that is super important to me is the communication flow between the time of booking through arrival and through departure. And anyone who says, you know, I'm looking for a digital guidebook. It's like, yes, you have, again, lots of choices to look at. So you have to find the one that's best for you. A lot of folks say, well, I'll just start with a Canva. It's like, that's cool. And when you're ready to upgrade, give me a call and we'll talk about it because, you know, having a digital guidebook and communication flow that answers the questions before your guests even ask them where you're anticipating and that proactive communication, you know, it gives that wow feeling as Heather, you've talked about, it gives that warmth and the caring. And my guests have said, you know, we haven't even arrived at your house (laughs) and we're ready to give you five stars before we've stepped foot. And I mean, they, and they're like, you, this journey between booking and through today, and we haven't arrived yet, has been so tremendous that we know our stay with you is going to be fabulous. And I, I just love that. And I think that's 
definitely a big part of our success. Well, I, I think if we were to do a poll amongst the entire audience listening to this and, you know, over the course of two weeks, it's going to be 2,000 people and ask them how many communications they have with their guests between the time of booking and the time of arrival, I think there might be quite the silence in terms of, you know, what actually happens. And I know for, for the last, you know, the last half dozen places I've stayed at in the last sort of six, six or eight months, I have had zero communication between booking and maybe a few days before when they deem it okay to send me the address, but nothing. And I've, I've been to places that I really wanted to find out about. You know, I went to the Black Forest in, in Germany and I went to Miami for the first time. That was, that, that was a big one. Went to Miami for the book direct show and had, and I, I even dropped the breadcrumb in the initial inquiry. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm coming to the book direct show. I'm speaking and I've never been to Miami before. And I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely zero communication between that booking. And, and I actually had to commute to contact them three times before I left because they hadn't given me any information on checking in. That, that apparently only oh, no. came 24 hours beforehand. So I arrived oh, knowing no. absolutely nothing about where I was staying and, you know, where the nearest grocery store was and where I could go out to eat. Um, it was such a missed opportunity. And I, and I know you pride yourself on, on doing this and on having the people arrive wanting to give you five stars before, you, before they get there. Um, yeah, I just also wanted to touch on you know, the actual, I know Nat does it, but the actual operations, do you use any tools to help you with, you know, when, when somebody has a problem or an issue? How's that handled? How's that recorded? So we have um, a, well, it's called Grasshopper. Mm -hmm. That is how our, our communication tool is. So it's, a, it's an app where phone calls and text messages route through it. So once the guests arrive, yeah, they've gotten the auto text through touch day, pushing information, but also after they arrive, Nat will call them or Nick on the Missouri house side. He'll text the guest through Grasshopper and it lands into the guest um, regular SMS inbox or regular phone. So they're not having to do anything different. It's just the Grasshopper app, all the team can see everything. So when there is an issue and the, you know, so Nick and Nat, they'll, you know, message, Hey, let us know if anything comes up. We're here for you. Enjoy your stay. And if the guest says like this weekend, you know, we can't get the fireplace to work, you know, what do we need to do? And it comes in and then all of us can see it right away. So someone can grab it and take care of the guest. And maybe they go over there and help, which that's what happened this weekend is Nat ran over there, um, make sure it wasn't an issue when it ended up being user error, which, you know, that happens a lot too. <laughs> that's that's our main thing um, with that. Because we are so small, we're, we're able to do that. I know if you're a larger property manager and you do get a lot of issues or phone calls that come in, you've got to do something different. And one of the re reasons I feel like we don't get a ton of issues is because we do so much proactive communication. We've got mm -hmm. videos on how to use things in the guidebook and we're always able to push folks back that way again. Um, so, you know, it's again, proactive versus being reactive. We're super heavy on the proactive. Yeah. And it shows, doesn't it? When, when you spend the time on the preparation 
for guests arriving and making sure everything is perfect for them. Yes, of course, you'll have the user error stuff, you know, the people who can't get in because they don't know how to use a lockbox. But of course, your TouchStay app has, and we had a slage lock for our doors. And in the guidebook, it had a video of how to work these locks because, you know, even I got when we first got one and I thought, I'm not quite sure. It's not intuitive. So, so little videos. So yes, and you know, I fully endorse the guidebooks. We use them for Cottage Link Rental Management. They're still using them. And so many other companies are climbing on this bandwagon now and appreciating the need for digital guidebooks of any nature. So we're sort of coming up on our time now, Tyanne, which always happens. It comes up far too quickly. But I wanted to uh, talk to you about community involvement before we finish, because I know you are very involved with your community and it's important for you personally and, and for you and Nat to give back to the community because it means so much to you. Can you share what it is that, uh, you know, that, that you support and why it's important that all property managers should be thinking about getting involved in their community and giving back. So our big thing that we support is the Franklin County CASA program. And CASA is the court-appointed special advocates. Um, These are the special volunteers who stay with foster kids as far as the entire time a foster kid is within the system. And it is so important. So Franklin County is our county where we live. So a lot of counties across the United States have this program, but not all of them. So we serve um, two counties, actually, Franklin and Gascony counties. And there is an office. We, there's a staff. We know a director. I serve on the board. The, so the director's boss with a bunch of other folks. And with CASA, you truly, truly are able to change a child's story. And the CASA volunteer is the one person with the foster kid that doesn't change the entire time they're in their system. So the, the, a child could be with different foster families, could have different judges, different guardian and items, different social services that visit them. But their CASA is the one constant in their life. And a case could be a year. It could be 10 years. You know, 10 years is the extreme, of course. And to us, the family is the core of life, the family bonds, the family memories. I mean, our vacation homes are there to give a safe place for families to come together, make those memories, create those bonds. And to us, you know, supporting where we we can support other families is just, it, it all fits beautifully. Both of us come from large families. We know how important it is. So uh, one of the ways we do that is a dollar per night of every single stay goes to CASA. And that is, you know, just every six months I run how many nights were booked and we write a checkout. Um, but also in that, you know, during the booking phase, our guests can choose to add a donation as well. So they could match it um, with a dollar per night or they can match it as a dollar per person and they can add their donation to it as well. And then we have a link back to the the CASA website Mm -hmm. if they want to give an even larger donation. Um, We put this information into our guidebook. We put it into our website. In doing this, you know, we have then rounded up to even a bigger sponsor level. And Yes, you know, we make sure publicly it's out there that we've supported. Um, It's not to toot our own horn, but it's to show, you know, vacation rentals 
do have a place in the community. We're not just trying to make money off of folks. We're providing a service. We are providing value to the folks coming to visit, but we're also giving back to our community in an extremely important way to break that cycle of, you know, when someone has trouble as a kid and the trauma that goes on and they get older. And if that doesn't, if that cycle's not broken, you know, the, the, Oh, I just the horribleness that happens in our society. Um, so we're, we want to help break that cycle and uh, for families to to be healed again. Um, so that that's a big thing. We um, just were at the what we call the Justice is Served Breakfast fundraiser this past weekend. And the, the court judges serve breakfast to the attendees, which is super fun. So justice is served, you know, in more ways than one. And what was awesome is seeing one of the, the cakes. We do a whole auction and the live auction. One cake went for over $500. I saw that. <laughs> I know, Amazing. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things is like, okay, so why would someone pay that much money for a cake? Well, they're not. They're paying to donate and support a cause and just having a live auction and having a fancy cake at the end is just literally mm-hmm. icing on the cake um, and being able to support, you know, your community. Uh, so, you know, I, I try to encourage, you know, I just encourage I, and challenge. This is a challenge out to everybody. Every property manager that's listening to this, every, no wait, every host, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're a property manager, choose a cause close to your heart and commit to it, a dollar per night, $2 per night, whatever it is. But you know, that's not a whole lot to you, but I can tell you that, you know, I think it's $1,200 a year will help one child in foster care with the CASA program. And so then I know if I give $5,000 this year, I am helping five kids in my community. And then also as a board of directors, I get to find volunteers. So just talking about CASA and getting that onto people's wavelength and and knowing that's going on, um, then they can look at, wait, I can help kids too. I don't have the money right now, but I've got time and let me put my time to help kiddos Mm -hmm. also. So yeah, thank you for letting me share on my little soapbox <laughs> about giving back. <laughs> well, I think I think it's important, and I know that Matt Landau, he, he's this, this is something that's very dear to his heart as well. And and I have talked to Bob Garner from Casal del Fiecci in Italy, and I've probably pronounced that wrong again. But he's another one who is so proactive about giving back to the community. I will put a link to the last episode I did with with Bob on the show notes as well, because these are really good episodes. Tyann, I know you are going to be out and about over the next few months, speaking at numerous events in different countries. Just give us a quick rundown of where people can come and see you speak. Oh, yeah. So uh, coming up in February, the end of the month is the Association of Lodging Professionals annual conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Then I'll go over to Verma in Kansas City. Um, I do have a couple spots left for my murder mystery lunch, the little private event, fringe event that I'm going to be running. If anybody's interested in that, let me know. And then end of March is Nashville for the STR Wealth Conference. April is over to London for the Short Stay uh, Summit. Um, There's also one, it's not officially announced yet, so don't tell anybody that I said. I'm also going to be at the Vacation Rental Design Conference for Interior Designers in North Carolina, so that'll be a good one. Uh, May 
Uh, Kate, Alice, and I, so Kate and Alice from Touch Day, we are doing a half-day workshop called Everybody Talks as part of Short Stay Week in Barcelona in May. That is going to be fabulous. So all about communication, not with just your guest, but also your team and also those others in the industry and influencers. So Alice comes from a background of working with influencers. So I'm super excited for her to be sharing knowledge at that. And then... There's some other ones that aren't confirmed yet and then come back to fall. I know I'm doing Verma in Orlando and then also the Vacation Rental World Summit in Barcelona, which is now in November. So, yeah. Crazy busy lady. <laughs> it's fun. It's uh, fun. I know. I will see you in Barcelona in yes. May. Yes, it is That's in May for the uh, short stay week. Looking forward to that. Tyanne, you have a beautiful soul and a beautiful heart and you are perfect for this business. And I'm so glad to know you, so glad that you are here for everybody in this business. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you once again. Thank you, Heather. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tyanne, for joining me as ever. Just such a great conversation with so much you know, really terrific information to share for anybody who is out there that is looking at starting a property management business. You know, that certainly is the way to do it. I, I would have loved to have skipped that bit of taking on any property and every property until we got to the point where well, we started getting a little more discriminatory about who we were going to bring on to our management programme, which we ultimately did. And to get to that point where you can say, no, we are not a good fit. When you do get to that point, you know you're doing things right. So I will put, well, there's going to be a lot going into these show notes because I'm going to put uh, the information on some of these events that Tyanne will be at, um, some of them I will be at, but regardless, all great, great events. And if you have time in your calendar this year to go and do some networking, go and get some education, go and talk to some vendors, then I really strongly recommend that you take a look and see what's out there. And, and don't, you know, don't discount the smaller events. I personally, I love the smaller ones because they are more personal. You get to network with a lot more people. I just enjoy the, the smaller ones, get to talk to some friends and sit down and learn new stuff because, you know, even after 20 years in this business, I'm learning new stuff every day. I mean, now everybody's talking about AI uh, chat GPT and all the other artificial intelligence platforms. That is is you know, what I'm going to be learning this year because uh, I, I don't want things to pass me by. I have to say I'm using chat GPT a lot at the moment to generate ideas for content. I'm currently writing a course for Vacation Rental Formula which is all about content marketing and how you can create the best content for your website to attract so much more traffic to it. And I cover absolutely everything in that from the types of content that you should be creating to how to attract that traffic to the website, how to get people to click on your links and 
In the course of that, I'm using ChatGPT to just generate some ideas. It's not writing the content for me, but it is helping me out. And certainly within that course, I'm going to be telling you exactly how to do that. So if you want more information on the Vacation Rental Formula Business School, then go to the link in the show notes and check out what we have available. We are growing our content all the time and we would love to have you on board. We'd love to have you come join us in the VRF Business School community. Come and chat, come and speak to some of the other students. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Anyhow, that's it for another week. I think it's time I went out walking along the beach, um, got my feet in the sand and enjoyed some afternoon time off. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, learned a lot from it. Again, go to the show notes, lots of links in there to the things that we've been talking about. And I will look forward to being with you again next week. This episode was brought to you by OwnerRes. For more information about this internationally recognized leader in vacation rental software, click the link in the description of this episode on your smart device or head over to vacationrentalformula.com forward slash ownerres to find out more. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.